Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Velocity Church Podcast. We love to hear about life change in our church. So if you have a story about how Velocity has made a difference in your life, send us an email at amen at findvelocity.org. Now sit back and enjoy today's message. There's a natural part and there's the supernatural part. And in believers and Christians, there's kind of people that live in one of the two camps. You got the people that are like, hey, I want real practical things to work into my world. Uh, Paul talks about that kind of two groups in the world in 1 Corinthians 1. He says, there's the Greeks that look for wisdom. And even in the church, there's people that like, hey, we want understanding and we want knowledge. And he talks about the, the Jews at that time are looking for a miraculous sign. It wasn't God if it wasn't spectacular and supernatural. But Paul says, we just keep proclaiming Christ. In Jesus, there's both the wisdom to live in your daily life and the power from God to do what only he can do. And I feel like many of us are not receiving the supernatural side of our life because our natural life is a little bit out of order. And yet God doesn't want you just to win spiritually. He also wants you to succeed and to run the race and the pace he desires for you in your natural life as well. Uh, I get this sermon title from Jeremiah chapter 12. Jeremiah is complaining, the prophet to God, about his people are disobedient, the enemies are against him, they don't see things working out naturally speaking. God speaks back to him in chapter 12, verse 5. So Jeremiah, you're worn out in this foot race with men. What makes you think you can race against horses? If you can't keep your wits in times of calm, what's going to happen when trouble breaks loose like the Jordan in, the, in flood season. What God is saying there is like, hey, you're worn out in your normal life. How are you going to ever experience the supernatural life I have called you to? Let me just tell you, God has grace for your daily life and then a special touch of heaven to do something in your life and ultimately as believers, not just about us, through our life that we can never accomplish in our own natural abilities. But what God always does is he couples our natural with his supernatural. And if we don't give him our natural, there's not his super or his above or his beyond that can show up in our world. The Bible says that you can run your race and your life and not grow Weary, And so I want to speak to some foundational truths today that will help you run with some endurance, some strength. And really I want to speak about running with some, with some wisdom. Paul says that I can plant and Apollos, his co-laborer in Christ, can water. But it's God that brings the increase. That Notice that he has a part to play. You have a part to play before God can bring his extra, his special, his increase on your life. So I want to preach to your Monday today. Let's get some natural things in order and let's find out the way that God works. And I am going to give you a homework assignment today. Sorry, Alice Cooper. School is not out for summer. We're going to lean in. Because I do believe this, we need to be growing. Summer is a season where normally, not just in church, but just in life, we kind of slump. And, and I would say this, there's nothing wrong. Take your vacation, take two vacations, take me on vacation for crying out loud. And enjoy the rest and enjoy the kids at home and all the good things that come with summertime. But we actually are called to go from glory to glory and strength to strength. And I want to see that you make some ground, some headway in the life God has for you, even in the summer. Because the Bible says in Proverbs 11, when the righteous prosper, the city rejoices. I think as believers, we should be the winners, the, the first in how, how to have a healthy marriage, raise great kids, 
how, how, to, how to operate our business life and our relational life, not just with more enough in our life, but with more than enough, to see his best in our, our world and to prosper in your marriage, in, in your, your raising of your children, in, in your work life, in your school life. It takes this principle called wisdom, called wisdom. No one cheered when I said wisdom. But if I would tell you this, that if you learn to align yourself with the ways of God and the wisdom of God, you would see the supernatural of God show up even in your daily life. Wisdom really is the way. Wisdom is the fuel to your God future. The Bible says wisdom is made available for everyone, but there's only a few that truly find it and work it into their into the world. And wisdom really is God's supernatural ways of seeing things and doing things worked into our everyday natural natural life. Now, there recently is a remake of the movie Aladdin. Anyone see the remake, the live action Aladdin? And I at first didn't want to go see it. First of all, because I only see kids' movies, because that's just the age and stage of my kids. Uh, and I wanted to see something else. But also because in 1992, when the first one came out, it was like the end of my kiddom, end of my, I was growing up. It's like the last cartoon I saw before I had kids. It had a special place in my heart. First of all, I had a crush on Princess Jasmine. In fact, when I first saw my wife, Liz, I was like, she's got a little jasmine in her. <laughs> I walked up to her and said, hey, girl, uh, I don't have a magic carpet, but I will show you the world. <laughs> Shining, shimmering, <laughs> splendid. No, but we all know the premise of Aladdin. Uh, a nobody finds a, 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 a lamp, he rubs it, and he has a genie that gives him three wishes. And every one of us have, in our mind, kind of played the game, or even around the dinner table, we've talked about what would you wish for if you had anything and everything that could be yours in a moment. I know God is not our genie, but what if you could ask anything of God? What would you ask for? Would you ask for the, the winning numbers for Powerball? Would you ask for a new body? If you won the lottery, nowadays you can buy a new body. I'd ask for the rain to stop in Jesus' name. No, what would you ask for? And the truth is, there's actually a guy in the Bible that had that opportunity. God shows up to David's son, third king of Israel, Solomon, and says, hey, Solomon, in this kind of divine dream, I'll give you anything you want. I've seen your father, and I want to honor those that have gone before you and have done so well. So I'm going to make available to you an answered wish of anything you desire. And, and Solomon's answer actually because I, I know God is, is, is everywhere and outside of time, but the Bible says God was astonished at what he asked for. He said, God, would you grant your servant, which is great because God's not there to serve us. We're there to serve him. And, and Solomon says, the best way I think I could serve you, God, would you grant me wisdom? Give me wisdom, not riches, not everlasting health or life. Not, not success in battle or victory. Would you give me wisdom? And then he says, so that I can lead your people well. And when God heard that, he's like, wow, that's what I want to hear. You actually ask for the very best thing. First of all, he's got the heart of a servant. Second thing, he asked for God's ways and God's wisdom, because that's not just a momentary solution. That's a, a, a gift to our life that will last us the rest of our life. And then he says, so that I can lead your people well, which I think all of us need to understand. The blessing of God is not for us. The blessing of God is, comes to us so it can go through us. And God loved his answer so much. He says, not only will I grant you your request, Solomon, 
but I will give you all the other things that probably everyone else would have asked for. And to me, it speaks to the fact that as God followers, servants of God, people trying to make a difference in this world, if we can get wisdom as a place of priority, every other place of provision or desire will come after when wisdom goes, when wisdom goes first. And if you want to keep pace, run the race, be born to run the life that God has for you, you've got to put a priority on God's ways and God's, God's wisdom. In fact, the book of wisdom is Proverbs, written by Solomon. In chapter 4, verse 7, it says, Getting wisdom is the most important thing you can do. Whatever else you get, get insight. Love wisdom, and she will make you great. Yes, wisdom is a lady. Wives, you can dig your elbow into your husband and say, I told you so. <laughs> says, if you could just get wisdom, make that the, the goal of your life. Now, what is wisdom? It is not knowledge. We've got Siri and Alexa and Wikipedia for all the facts. That's, that's, you can become an expert on anything in a moment just by like Googling it and reading for a few moments. But, you know, you can have a high IQ and live a low-level life. In the same way, wisdom grants to someone, the Bible says it's even simple, that maybe others would look over, that maybe isn't all that astonishing in the natural and could produce an incredible life because it's not about knowing more, it's about knowing more about the way that God works. Wisdom isn't knowledge. Write this down if you're taking notes. This is what wisdom is. Wisdom is gaining God's perspective and then choosing his way. It's not just seeing it the way that God sees it. It's living it. It's running it. It's receiving it and working it into your world. In other words, what does God say about my marriage? What does God say about conflict resolution? What does God say about my career? What does God say about my finances? What does God say about raising my children? And then not just knowing it, but actually doing it. If you just do what you feel, you're going to live subject to your feelings and your emotions, and you will never move forward in the God life that's there for you. Proverbs 14 says, there is a way that seems right. It's like, hey, in my gut, this felt like the right thing. It seems right to a man, but it ends in death. And there's a death to some dreams, and a death to some marriages, and a death to some careers, because we were living our life based upon what we felt in the moment you need something stronger, Velocity Church, to anchor your life to than just your feelings or just your emotions. Living by your senses leaves you at the mercy of your feelings and emotions, and your God future cannot be built by just how you feel. How many times have I driven trying to find a place in town where I kind of know where it is? And I'm driving by my feelings. Because now using my phone is the equivalent yesteryears of stopping and asking for directions. My wife's like, just look it up. Just look it up. I'm like, honey, I have a man card. I'm not trying to lose that right now. I know where this is. And I'll drive around and I'll get lost because there are some facts out there that will point me to the right way and the right course. But if I just go by where I think it might be, I'm missing out on the opportunity to get there expeditiously. The same way God can speed up your life. God can produce momentum in your marriage and even in your money if you will not just live by how you feel in the moment, but gain God perspective and then do it God's ways. Y'all out there this morning. 
How many times have we done what we felt was right only in the moment, only to find out that was wrong? Come on, husbands, you know exactly. I thought that's what I was supposed to say when she asked me how did she look in that outfit, but that was the wrong thing to say. How many times have we just said a comment to someone or purchased something that felt right in the moment? Every one of us has probably made a foolish financial decision, but when we were doing it, it felt like it was, it was the right thing to do. People walk into marriages with good intentions, but not grounded in God's ways, and it felt right, felt like the right thing to do, only to find themselves on Struggle Street or even headed towards divorce early on in their life. How many of us have taken more on in our schedule than is humanly possible to accomplish in a week, but we felt like saying yes to it was the right thing to do? How many of us have bought things with money we don't really have, things we didn't really need, to impress people we don't really know, only to find out, even though that felt right, it was foolish and brought some destruction or some death to some places. Why? We do it all the time because we lack discernment and wisdom. Proverbs 3, verse 16 says, long life is in wisdom's right hand, and in her left hand is riches and honor. In other words, if you shake hands with wisdom, you get to the embrace of riches and honor. Her ways, wisdom's ways, are pleasant ways. Her paths are filled with peace. She's like a tree of life. And those that can grab a hold of her, don't let go, in other words. Once you gain wisdom, keep grabbing it. You will hold her fast, will be, will be blessed. I don't know about you, but I want all those things in my life. I want a peace-filled path. I want a life with blessing. If the Bible says there's riches and honor for me, not that I just try to gain more stuff, but if God wants to do something as the perfect father to bless me in my life, I do not want to miss out on it. Proverbs says, and Solomon says that, hey, if you could shake hands with wisdom, everything else that you really need will follow after that embrace. Many of us would live our life, we're exhausted. Exhausted just trying to make ends meet. Exhausted just trying to be, be healthy in our marriage or in the raising of our kids. Why? We run at the speed of what the world says. We live by the map of our emotions. And it will lead us to the exact same place the rest of the world is. But God says, I've got a better way. I've got a way called wisdom that will secure the God life that you can live your life. Born to run the places I've called you to go. I, I got a couple things we'll talk through in the next 15 minutes. First one is this. If you want to find wisdom, if you want to get wisdom, it is found in two parts. It's found in the word and in the whisper. And can I just encourage you? You don't just need the Holy Spirit and you don't just need the Bible. You need them both fully in your life if you want to live a God life, God's best for your life. Proverbs 1, Solomon starts it all off by saying, Wisdom is speaking and crying out to anyone and everyone who will listen. Verse 21, yet wisdom's song is not always heard in the halls of higher learning, but in the hustle and bustle of everyday life. I love that. It's there for the daily grind. It's not just an education, but it's for your daily application. Verse 23 says, don't you know that I'm ready? God says, I'm ready to pour out my spirit of wisdom upon you. And bring you to a revelation of my words that will make your heart wise. It's revelation for your heart. The Bible says out of your heart what flows the issues, the direction, the course of your life. It's not just understanding for your head. In fact, some ways of God make no sense at all, naturally speaking. To be a person that returns the tithe makes no sense at all. 
but then you understand you're positioning yourself in a place where God is in first place, first seat, priority, then we can understand that, wow, if God is first, then everything else I need, Jesus says, Matthew 6, you'll be provided unto, unto you. Wisdom is revelation for your heart, not just knowledge for your, for your head. In fact, Jesus says there's a spirit, a spirit of wisdom. John chapter 16, verse 13. When he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of his own. In other words, the Holy Spirit will tell you everything that God wants to tell you. It says not only that, when he speaks what he hears, but he will tell you what is yet to come. If you want to move forward in your life, wouldn't it be nice to hear from a voice that's already there? that's with you in your present, that has forgiven you of your past, and is calling you into your God-ordained future. And friends, that's what the Holy Spirit does. Yet we have to learn to not just listen to the voice of truth, we've gotta learn the principles of truth. We've gotta learn to work the word into our life. The Bible says if I can hide it in my heart. Not hiding from other people, no, no, no. It's treasured in my heart. If I can hide it in here, then when I'm walking this path of life, I won't get off target or miss the mark. I, I won't sin against you. It keeps you safe and sound and secure. You gotta work the word. Your wisdom quotient in life is directly related to the word you do, not the word you know. It's the word you do. It takes more than reading the book. I know people that are like walking encyclopedias of Bible knowledge and scripture memorization. They study it, they read it Greek, Hebrew, they've got it all down. They can quote scripture better than anyone and yet they're so far behind in life because even though they know it, they are not doing it. If you're a new believer or returning to the faith and what little you know of God's word, you are better off doing that one thing well with all of your heart than trying to learn a hundred other things. I think if you can win in one area of obedience to God's word, it will lead you to momentum moments after momentum and the other things that God wants to speak to you. Proverbs 7 says, never forget what I tell you to do. Not what I tell you about. Do what I say, it says in Proverbs, and you will live. Be careful to follow it. In other words, the word, listen, the word is a treasure. It it has lasted thousands of years. It is true. It's true north to where we're supposed to go. But it's not just what we're supposed to know. It's what we're supposed to do. And it is worth less if it's not worked into or applied to your life. You've got to work the word. I had a friend who was flying home from, uh, speaking his pastor friend of mine in, in Europe, and he's flying from London to Chicago. And on that route, you kind of go over the Arctic Circle. There's a, a shortcut uh, for all you flat earthers out there. You, there's a shortcut. And as he was sitting in his kind of seat by the window, by the wing, he looked out, and there is jet fuel spraying out of this jumbo jet. So he pushes the call button and gets them to know they're gonna make an emergency landing. And he's filming it like, bro, I would be praying right now. (laughs) But they actually landed in the Arctic Circle. And I was just thinking about what if you landed in the Arctic Circle, like in the frozen tundra, and a flight attendant gave you a little book called How to Survive in the Arctic. And you could read the book and then read it again, and then read it again. But how many know you would freeze to death? It'd be better if you burned the book for heat and warmth. 
You can know it, but if you don't do it, it won't produce or save your life. Yet so many believers are wanting people to take them deeper into the word. Pastor, I need something deep. The deepest thing you need is the last thing you've done. You need more of the word working in your world than just understanding in your head. You gotta do what it says. That's what James chapter one, verse 22 says. Don't merely listen. Listening is great. Glad to have you in church. But if you don't receive anything that you can apply tomorrow, it, it doesn't help you. James says you deceive yourself. You live your life deceived if you don't do what it, what it says. Daily scripture. I know that is so basic. But you would be shocked to think about how many believers are not in the word of God. And I'm telling you, give God three minutes. Here's your homework this week. How about you read three chapters of Proverbs, or even just two, or even just one, between now and the next 31 days, and complete. It'll take you three minutes, four for me, I'm from Oklahoma, but three for you. <laughs> it's a college town, you're highly educated. It's better, and just say, God, would you give me one thing that I can work into my world today? You will be shocked, that maybe not day one, but by day two, day three, I promise you. Not only will something that you read be applicable to your life, but you'll actually have something to give to somebody else to encourage them, maybe even lovingly correct them to, to help them in their journey. You've got to work the word, but the second part is not just the word, it's also the whisper of God. You, you, you've got to find the voice of the Holy Spirit. Let me just like put this out there. Sometimes Christians that would label themselves as like spirit-filled believers are some of the weirdest people on the planet. Okay, I grew up in that world. I've seen the weirdness. Somehow, by the grace of God, I made it out. But I'm telling you, those people were weird well before the Holy Spirit showed up in their world. They're just weirder now for some reason, and they blame it on the Holy Spirit. It is the living presence of God that's with you, not in church services, but in your heart, in your mind, speaking to your spirit every day of your life. And you cannot live the God life without the Holy Spirit. Wisdom is found in the Word of God, and it's always working together with the Spirit of God. My dad had an old car back in the day. It was an Oldsmobile. That's exactly what it was. It was an old mobile. They don't even make those cars anymore. It had the old FM tuner, AM tuner. Remember the old, back in the day, kids don't even know. Young bloods don't even know anymore. You'd have to like find the frequency as if you were like cracking a safe to get the radio station that you want. Now, everything is digitized now. You've got satellite radio, preset buttons, digital tuner. That's great. But there's something about the Holy Spirit that is still uniquely analog. In fact, technology, I think, actually hinders the voice of the Holy Spirit more than, it, more than it helps. Jesus says in John 10, verse 4, that you would know his voice, a known voice. I could be on a playground with 100 kids, and I hear the, when there's a daddy tone from my daughter or my son that I can hear uniquely. Why? I, I've been in the home with that voice. I know that voice. Some of you are running your race which is two-thirds of the Trinity, which is, guess what, two-thirds of God. You've got a 66%. That's a D where I come from when it comes to the divine in your life. And God is inviting you in not a weird way. And it, it just to start the pursuit of what would it look like if I could tune into the voice of God on my Tuesday, on my commute, 
what, when, I'm, when, I'm, when I'm in my Bible, if God could speak something of revelation to me while I'm in the word. Quit running your race at 66%. Wisdom is found in the whisper of God as well. I have a goal at the gym. And I know what you're thinking, Kyle, you're huge already. What are you on steroids? <laughs> I have a goal in the gym. I, they're still laughing, by the way. Uh, that, that at the end of our, my gym, on the end of the weight rack, the dumbbells, there's 100 pounders. The Keep It 100 Club is over there. And I'm like finishing my workout like in the 80s. Okay, humility, 70s. And yet I see the guys that lift that. And I'm like, I want to be one of those guys. Because that's the way I work. I'm, I'm kind of like a visual motivated person. But you know, I, I like it because I can see the increments growing up to that place. And so I know where to push myself today, but I don't want to stay here. I want to go there. So I have to build some strength to get there. Now, your strength doesn't make the, the voice of God any louder. But the principle is true, that if you would let him in in a little bit now, and over time, there would be seasons where you would hear from him like never before. What we normally need from God is in a dire situation, like a business is falling apart or a health struggle, is that we so desperately need a word from God, we try to go lift the hundreds immediately. Do you know the other end of the rack are, are, are the beginner weights, the, the seafoam green threes? You know what I'm talking about? The magenta fives? And there's nothing wrong with that. But the truth is you should see that and start there to secure your future. There will be a day where you're going to need the voice of heaven to speak with resolution. And I know God is so filled with grace. He will speak to you in your time of need. He's your ever-present help in time of need. But can I just encourage you, believer, don't wait till the day of dire situations to try to lift the heaviest of weights. That there is a voice that you can start and work your way up to where it becomes a known voice in your, in your life. You won't automatically hear the voice the very first time, so don't get frustrated. Very few of us ever have that moment on the road to Damascus where Saul has an encounter that forever marks him and changes him. Most of us, God takes on a journey, a journey of faith a journey through the word, but he wants to begin to speak to us. And when you begin to work and couple the, the natural, I call that the word of God, your daily life stuff, with the supernatural, the Holy Spirit, it will produce a momentum in your life unlike anything you've ever seen. When you get that kind of wisdom, you can be the kind of person like Solomon that God can do everything he's always wanted to do for his people, build the temple reach more people, bring influence and affluence through you to others. It's made available to you. If you don't come from much, you could still end your life having made the greatest of differences when you learn to get these things in your, in your world. I've got a lot more notes than I have time, so I'm gonna jump ahead and just say this. In 2002, uh, I surrendered my life back to Jesus. Grew up church kid, missionary's kid. In fact, my grandfather was a church planner, uh, and, he, and, he, and my dad was a church leader, and both of my older brothers are pastors. It's a genetic disorder. And I grew up, I grew up in an extremely strict home, which had its benefits, but also had some detriments. And I grew up kind of rebellious, and I wasn't ever crazy or super wild. I just didn't really want to ever go to church 
Like I grew up in church. I was in church more than the Holy Spirit, I think, most Sundays and weeks. And so, and I just was kind of burnt out by it because I didn't know what it meant for me. And I kind of had a belief. I believed in Jesus and I believed God was real. And yet I didn't know what to do with it. And then uh, I had an encounter with him. I was reading a book. It's a book called For This Cause. That's why our church was called The Cause. It's written by Brian Houston. That's why I went to Bible college there. It changed my life. And in that moment where I, I was searching for answers, in fact, it was September uh, 11th, 2001, that put me on a journey of what do I really believe about God in heaven? Because I was face to face with such hell on earth that we all saw. And it was through that journey that I picked up that book and I said bye to some friends that were taking me kind of down a wrong path. And as I read that, God spoke to me that he had a purpose, he had a calling. And there, I, I was living then in Southern California and I surrendered my life like right on the beach and I was a mess, I was weeping and God, God spoke to my heart that day and says, I love you, I've called you to, to, to be a pastor. You need to go to Bible college. I flipped over the book, there was a Bible college in Sydney, Australia, it wasn't 90 days and I was there and the rest is, is a long season but the rest is, is history. The truth is in that moment I felt peace, I felt relief but nothing changed in how I lived my life or loved the people around me. The only thing that has taken me from that point of a rebellious kid to where I am now and still growing by the grace of God into everything he's called me to be was the amount of the word of God I worked into my life because it refined me. It changed me. It's grown me. It, the Holy Spirit has then come alongside and gifted me because I choose to apply what I've been learning for the last 16 years, 17 years as I've been on this journey of faith. Maybe you've been on the journey of faith for 17 weeks or 17 days or 25 years. The truth is where you are now and where you will end up in the race you're called to run will be directly related to the amount of the word and whisper and wisdom that you allow your life to operate from this day into that day. My wife and I were married 11 years ago. I gotta get that right. I'm gonna be in trouble here in July. 11 years and... Um, I remember, I remember that moment and all the grandeur and, and the rented cheap tux and her in a beautiful white dress that we owned. Why do I get the rented tux and she gets that? I learned a lesson there. It's about her and it's been serving me well all these years. But I said two words that will forever change my life. I said, I do to this covenant of marriage. I did not know the full repercussions of that decision. I've seen it. I've heard about it. For the rest of my life, I'm trying to work out that, that the implications of those two words, I do. And I remember the next day, we were headed to the airport. We were flying to Hawaii. How many feel like that's a God thing for you right now? I was flying to Hawaii for our honeymoon. That's the only time we've ever been there. And I remember thinking as I'm driving to the airport, about ready to park it to go to our honeymoon, I don't feel any different and here was this girl next to me that I've given my whole life till death do us part. And yet the relationship kind of feels the same from before the ceremony. What a horrific marriage we would have had if I just said those words at the altar but never built a deeper relationship, friendship, and partnership with Liz. And I'm going to tell you this. Some of you have said yes to Jesus. You've made a decision that forever changes your eternity. Nothing's taking that away. Your faith in Christ has made you brand new in the eyes of God, and yet you have a new beginning to grow. And some of you, you have an empty, if you will, covenant with God, relationship with God. Because although you said the words, Jesus, my heart is yours, you've never worked his heart into yours. 
You've never worked his spirit into your spirit. You've never coupled his life and his ways and his wisdom into your daily world. And that is why your faith feels empty and you lack the passion to pursue the big God things. And I know Pastor Justin preaches about every week. And so what I wanna take you to is just an opportunity to work God's ways into your ways, to make a decision that starting today, Velocity Church, we are not staying the same. We're going after more of God's word into our daily life, and we're not gonna know it, we're gonna do it. And we're not just gonna do the word, we're also gonna invite the Holy Spirit in in a brand new way. And we're gonna let him begin to speak, and him begin to lead, and him begin to help us. And we're gonna get what we repeat over time, and we might be starting at the beginner weights, but we're gonna be heavyweight lifters for the kingdom of God by the time we get through this season of God growth and of wisdom in our world. I want to lead you in a prayer. Would you bow?